Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to episode 46 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle. Joining us in just a little bit will be Jeff and Heather, my co-hosts, and we're going to be talking about this uh, insanely popular movie this month called Godzilla vs. Mothra. From 1992, as part of our Daikaiju discussion, this is the Daikaiju discussion episode of November 2011. We're going to go ahead and uh, get things started by playing a request. This first song goes out to Tito. Happy birthday, man. This is Manda vs. Gotango from Godzilla Final Wars.
And you know what? That's uh, that's the only song we're going to get to play because uh, we really need to get into this discussion. We got uh, 10 people who submitted their homework this, this month, and that is amazing. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going for a long, long time. This month, we take a look at a film from Toho from 1992, the ever-so-popular Godzilla vs. Mothra. It was directed by Takao Okawara, and it stars Tetsuya Besho, Satsumi Kobayashi, Takahiro Murata, Saburo Shinoda, Akiji Kobayashi, and of course, Akira Takarada. Uh, and basically, this story is sort of a mashup of uh, other Toho movies, um, most notably the original Mothra, Mothra vs. Godzilla as well, and um, with a little bit of Indiana Jones thrown in. Uh, the good news, the, sorry, the bad news is uh, we had some people not able to make it to the studio tonight to the uh, KaijuCast HQ but Heather and uh, Jeff were able to come by, and we all finished watching the movie just a minute ago. Joining me in the studio tonight for our Daikaiju discussion, we have, well, we had a total of uh, seven people who were supposed to be here, but uh, Portland got the best of them. Martin can't be here because he's filming a music video. I wouldn't say got the best of them. Well, got the worst of them. Got some of them. Positive and negative. Uh, Martin I'm is sure filming. The best are here. Martin, that's right. The best are here. Martin's filming a music video with, you know, a band. You might have heard of them. You might not have. They're called Cake. Uh, so he can't be here. Cindy got sick, which is really unfortunate. Uh, Dave, aka Baron Von Gulu, uh, he got trapped in North Portland and was unable to come. And then Sane who uh, we haven't heard from in a while, and it would have been really awesome if he could have made it out here. He, unfortunately, just was not able to. He's working on his Krampus costume, uh, and I also approve of that as well, because Krampus is awesome. Uh, but the troops are here, the stalwarts, and we have myself, and, uh, of course, there's Heather, co-host extraordinaire. Hello. And new co-host extraordinaire, Jeff Dean. Hello. Hello, <laughs> also the uh, Horror Holocaust podcast, and um, we've all just been laughing at ourselves for a little while, so I'm a little silly, and we, of course, just finished watching Godzilla vs. Mothra, the 1992 extravaganza de kaiju from Toho Studios, and um, we're just going to do our kaiju discussion between the three of us, because we're clearly the most awesome of the seven. Yeah, for everybody who missed out, it's, you know, it's their loss. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you had seen this film before. I have seen this film a number of times. Uh, right. So, because you're a big fan of Mothra. Yes. Me and Mothra go way back. <laughs> so, out of actually, out of all the Mothra films, where does this sort of lie for you? Well, um, it's hard to top the original Mothra, you know, from the 60s. But, you know, I really enjoy this film because this film to me almost feels like a Mothra movie and not a Godzilla movie. Okay. Cause Godzilla really f seems like kind of a secondary character in this film. Everything is kind of revolving around Mothra and the twins. So it feels like a Mothra movie and having the updated special effects, um, was nice. Cause this is of course before the, you know, Mothra trilogy that came after it. So this is like the first time we got to see, Mothra in her new glory, her updated glory. Yeah, definitely. Looks a little plushy to me. She does. Indeed. Yeah. So, Heather, this is the first time you'd seen this movie. And actually, we yes. determined during the film, this is your first movie from 1985 to the 1995 series, what we fans call the Heisei series. So, congratulations. Thank you. What were your initial thoughts on this movie? Do they all have as much glitter? Oh yeah, so awesome! The glitter—that's um—that's <clears throat> thanks to special effects director Koichi Kawakita, and that's like I guess, I guess you could sort of consider that like his signature. That sort of 
how you know it's a Kawakita film is that uh, there's tons of glitter. Because I think even he directed uh, another film, not Godzilla, but by Toho, and it's another giant monster movie called Yamato Takeru, uh, as it's known here in the States, Orochi the Eight-Headed Dragon. And I'm pretty sure there's a fair amount of glitter in that one as well. That's how you know giant monsters are happening. <laughs> Real uh, monsters glitter. That's right? right. Real monsters are fantastic. That's right. Fabulous, I mean. Fabulous, fantastic. Anyway, uh, but, All I mean, aside works. from the glitter. Uh, no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, um, like you said, I, I mean, I, I, think I, I think I brought it up, but I'm sure, you know, as you've both seen it before, you've had the same thoughts, and we discussed it during the movie, the... Uh, the similarities at points with you know Indiana Jones kind of oh yeah yeah for effects sure effects and attitudes and whatnot to it so uh, so that was I mean the opening scene was kind of fun and kind of introduce you to our uh, no good lovable hat losing <laughs> Indiana Jones like character yeah our our sort of anti hero hero right yes our sort of snake pluskin type. The <laughs> character. <laughs> nice. Indiana Jones son. Yes. Um but but no, I liked I liked the I liked the story. I liked the I liked the overall feel of it. Um the twins were uh were fantastic and and very strange and Well actually, okay, so I got a question for you. Is this your first Mothra film? I don't think that I've ever seen a Mothra movie all the way through. I don't think I have. I think I've seen bits and pieces. All right. All right. So this is like, this marks a very momentous occasion for you, Heather, because you haven't really... Jeff might hug me. You might. <laughs> I mean, it's a good one to start. If you're going to be introduced to Mothra, this is a good one because it kind of, you know, introduces you to her right. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely familiar legend. with Mothra, but I've not... Yeah, I would say that I'm not really familiar with the lore and, and, and everything. I mean, I, you know, recognize Mothra, which I guess is kind of, I don't know. No, that's that's just the nerd in me going, you know, well, of course you recognize Mothra, because no, that's not true. Not everybody goes, oh, that's Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice if they did. It's true. Uh, I personally, this is, a, as far as the Heisei Godzilla movies go, I'd sort of place this in like maybe third out of the, what is there? There's Seven. six? Another seven? Let's see. 85, Biollante, King Ghidra, Mothra, Space Mechagodzilla, Space, Space Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, you're right. Way to go, Jeff. Seven. seven. So I'd probably Bam. place it third. The uh, first top, top ranking is Destroya, and then and the then next one down is probably Bi- Mechagodzilla. Uh, it's right. actually, Biollante right. is really good. Right. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, just for me, it's like, this is the third. Mo- Godzilla vs. Mothra is my third favorite of the Heisei series. It's hard to decide if I like Mechagodzilla better than than Mothra uh, as far as the film goes, but Biollante definitely is better. And so I think Biollante takes the number two spot. Thanks for the reminder, buddy. Yes, that's and what I'm here for. I know, I know. It's what you're all here for, to remind each other, spark that debate, yada, yada, yada. Um, in general, I really like this film. Um, I do... I was telling Jeff earlier tonight, I think it's a little rough around the edges. And um, Jeff was saying something about uh, the movie maybe being rushed into production. Yeah, yeah I had I had uh, heard that after the success of uh, you know, Godzilla versus uh, King, um, Ghidra. King Ghidra, that they really wanted to get another film out quickly. Because they usually, I mean, it, back then they were make, making a film a year. Correct. I mean, this is ninety two, and I think uh, they did one in ninety one. They did ninety one, and Biolante was like eighty nine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't. It wasn't exactly this sort of. I guess Mothra really turnaround. Yeah, Mothra really kicks off the let's do a Godzilla movie a year thing. Yeah, um, which is insane. Yeah, so I heard I they kind of like to point out that that's that's nuts. I mean, yeah. Well, they did that. They did that in the original series too for a little while. That's nuts. Sometimes even making two movies in one year in the golden age of Toho or Japanese, you know, movie making so many tiny buildings. Yeah. And you know, the, the, this movie, it was very obvious to me that, that the, um, 
the miniature work sort of suffered because of probably the rushed uh, production schedule. And also because that whole problem with the Heisei series where Godzilla had to be bigger and the buildings had to be smaller so you can't get as much detail in right. on them. Uh, in general, I, I, I think I agree with Jeff. This is a good movie to show uh, people who've never really seen a Godzilla film before because it sort of has uh, essential things to the Godzilla series. Godzilla shows up, he fights a monster. In this case, two monsters. Mothra is one of the sort of main monsters throughout the entire history of Godzilla. And uh, it's also got like a sort of heavy-handed message about uh, environmentalism. It did. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was way, way heavier than I remembered it being. I mean, mean, it seemed like almost every time humans were alone and talking without monsters interacting with them, they were talking about, we're destroying the earth. Yeah. Why is it only focused on us? Is this some sort of karma? Big guilt complex (laughs) going on. Uh, Human guilt. Yes. Human guilt. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, what were some of the things you really like about this film, Jeff? Um, Well, I think the creature design is great. I love Batra, Mm -hmm. which I think is like one of the best creatures they've had, Um, you know, especially in the last 20 years of Godzilla films. Um, You know, uh, Batra's larva stage looks fantastic, but when, you know, he hatches into his, like, bat-like demon kind of creature. Yeah, the adult form of yeah, Batra. Yeah, the adult form. Um, he just looks fantastic, I think. I And, you know, that's one regret. I wish Batra would have come back again in, in another film. Well, Batra is in the Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters series. Awesome. Make sure you check that out from IDW Publications <laughs> Publishing. Nice plug. <laughs> there's a, there's one moment there where Batra is holding the Ferris wheel up above Mothra. Yeah. And, yeah. and has it in his little claws, claws, feet, what what have you. But that was that was a very claws. miniature talons. Mi- yes, it, <laughs> but there was this. I, I, there was something about that that I just absolutely adored. You felt you know, just the, the emotion, Batra. He. He cared. Well, it was just it was just a nice Mothra. it was a nice interaction. Jeff really loves this movie, you guys. <laughs> it was a nice interaction with the scenery that that I I appreciated. That was you know a little more on the delicate side than the you know crushing of everything. And it was just you know this ability to hold it up sort of gave Batra more of a a real presence in. Oh right, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just. Holding it up instead of just plowing through, or just bumping it over, or just yeah, bumping yeah, it, yeah. yeah. You know, it was like actual, like genuine interaction there with it. You know, it was, this was, isn't falling because I am here, and I just liked that moment for some reason. Would have been nice if you would have kind of rolled it at Godzilla, a la <laughs> like a bowling ball, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, or like a hula hoop. Yes, <laughs> and then they, it would have been great if they would have had like you know. The sound, the bowling ball hitting the pins. <laughs> you know, when, uh, okay, so when Batra is actually flying with that towards Godzilla, I almost felt that Godzilla should have been like, wait, wait, what are you doing? Stop. Don't come near me with that. <laughs> and then when he knock, gets knocked over, he says, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> well, and I could have, I, I really could have seen the, uh, that, that suit actor doing that too. I mean, because there was a lot of, there was a lot of anime. I mean, yeah, a lot yeah. of animation in this in this movie with the Godzilla suit. I mean, a lot of kind of quick, you know. It's like, oh, I'm interacting with moths. So I, I kept thinking like Muhammad Ali, you know, just like light as a feather. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he <laughs> does that. I mean, not this actor. This actor is Ken uh, Ken Patera Satsuma, uh, but the original actor Nakajima actually, and one of the movies does a sort of like Muhammad Ali shoe shuffle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, th- I did see that. I did sort of note that there were some instances where the slow motion effect, you know, where they speed up the camera. He did air quotes the film. just for those yes. of you that can't see him. Uh, where they speed up the film so that Godzilla looks like he's moving slower. I, I noticed that there was some there were some inconsistencies there uh, with this film, and yeah, it didn't really bother me that much. But it there was one scene in particular that you mentioned, like while we were watching it, like oh, he's really animated. 
Uh, and I think that was that was the one where I was just kind of like, oh man, he looks like he should be going a little bit slower than that. Yeah. Um, mentioning the miniature work there, this maybe is a small detail, but we had a lot of we had a lot of boats in the ocean, and it mm-hmm. seemed like it seemed like they weren't really weighted properly. Mm-hmm. You know, they very much so moved like little toy boats in in a big tub of water instead of you know a a big boat in the ocean. I think that's a problem you get a lot. I've never noticed it so much, though, as I did in this one. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, you know, Heather, one of the things, because you, this is your first Heisei movie, you haven't, I don't think you've really seen a lot of Godzilla versus boat interaction or monsters versus boat interaction in the movies we've watched here, at least. Uh, I'm sure there have been a, have been a few, but for the most part, like I think the movies you've seen here have been like Godzilla on land, and that you know there are a lot of the. I mean, they really utilize that giant pool at Toho, or that used right. to be well, at I've, Toho. Well, I've definitely seen a a reasonable amount of Godzilla in one because I mean, I you know I remarked on the fact when he came up from the water and it's like, oh look, yeah, Godzilla in the water because we love and as you. You took the cue there. Yeah. We love to endanger our uh, our suit actors. Yeah, that looks so dangerous. Yeah, but you know, I mean, my thought was foam rubber. Right. My thought once again was, you know, oh, here here's Godzilla. Not that because I, I love Godzilla in the water. I think Godzilla in the water is awesome, and apparently they did too, which is why they 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 did it. But but it's just the first time. I mean, maybe I haven't seen as much of the miniatures. Maybe more of it has taken place on. You know, on the boat and not such yeah, far away yeah. shots of our miniatures, but it was just very apparent to me this time that, you know, because it's like the tanks and things. Okay, the tanks were very, you know, tick, 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 little toy, you know, but but I I can forgive a lot of that, but the the boat thing for some reason really threw me. Yeah, actually, you know, the speaking of the miniatures and speaking of the the mechanized weapons like tanks, did you anybody notice the Mazer tank the up uh, upgraded and more air quotes for you guys the upgraded maser tank or maser cannons in, that were firing on batra they're sort of like newer looking than the one i have up on the shelf over there well i i definitely know i didn't realize that it was that it was an updated but i i did notice the yeah they have that sort of like little dish thing but in in these new versions there's it's like sort of a it's more of just a ring around spokes and it creates that whole maser effect, and the lasers blast out, and they <laughs> shoot Batra, and it turns around, and he starts firing back at them, and then he knocks <laughs> over that tower. And yeah, it's good stuff. Batra, I love Batra, you guys. Batra is actually, I agree with Jeff, uh, uh, except I would say he's actually one of my favorite Godzilla monsters of all time. The, la- the larval form especially, mm-hmm. I like. Uh, and there's a reason... Batra's on my forearm, and that's because he looks super, super, super rad. Yes. Um, I mean, he just looks so much better than Mothra in her larva form, which is yeah. just pretty dull looking. Yeah. It's because you know? she's going to turn into something beautiful, Jeff. Yes, I, I, I realize. Like the, <laughs> the ugly duckling, sort of, in a sense, maybe? She just hasn't come out of her cocoon yet, you know? I, uh, I just, I couldn't help but but continue to laugh throughout the movie when she's coming through the city because it's just so much less grandiose. It seemed like she's kind of, you know, trying not to, not to wreck the world. It's just kind of a, Ooh, excuse me, pardon me. Oh, was that your building? Oh, 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 I'm, was that my tail? I'm sorry. Oh, here. Oh, okay. Here, I'll pull my shoulders. Nope. That didn't work. Okay. Well, (laughs) and that's sort of, I mean, that's really that one of the tragedies of Mothra and, and you see, you really see that in the very first Mothra film is that, Mothra is not, I mean, it's like a, your typical sort of American production of like, this giant monster is an animal and it's scared you guys. It's just doing what comes natural to it and we're in the way. Uh, And sort, I mean, you sort of get that sort of feeling with Mothra where when she moves through the city, she doesn't have the, you know, the ability to not uh, knock over towers or bridges and avoid corners on buildings it's just sort of did you just call mothra fat oh i would 
never Jeff, I didn't no, it, say does this, that. Does this city street make my make my butt look big? Yeah. yeah. Um how's my thorax look, you guys? Is it uh it's it's okay in this this avenue, right? I don't know where that voice came from. But uh I the the whole deal with Mothra for me is that I've always I've always felt that as as like the base creature being a moth shouldn't have so much uh shouldn't have so many wins against Godzilla. But really Mothra's kind of more powerful than than King Ghidra. Well, I mean the thing that I think that makes Mothra really cool is she's a deity. You know, she's like a god, basically. I mean Maybe you're God. <laughs> Let's try and keep religion off our podcast, okay? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, she's worshipped. She definitely is worshipped, and uh, that's something that Heather needs to see in the uh, original Mothra movie. Yeah, know? and you kind of get that feeling, you know, a little bit with the when the uh, you know the twins are kind of explaining who Mothra is. Yeah, and Who's well, I really, protector. I really love that backstory they gave her in the Heisei movies. That's not something really that you see in any of the other films. Yeah. Well, you might see something like that in the trilogy that came out for the kids' movies. The cave paintings were a nice touch. I liked those a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, I really this I could I could go on and on about things I like about this film. Let's turn to the nasty side now. Okay. What didn't you like, Jeff? What is it? What about this movie bugs you? You maybe you wish they'd redo something that just doesn't sit well with you. About the first twenty minutes. Yes. Um, you know, the, the whole, in, you know, like Heather had mentioned, the introduction of our kind of, you know, scoundrel type character who's robbing, you know, uh, temples in Thailand. And then the whole adventure on, um, Infant Island when they discover the egg is just, it really seems amateurish. And I don't think it's up to the quality of the rest of the film after that. Right. Um, that that's my biggest complaint. It just seems kind of weak and kind of just really, really silly and very unbelievable. Yeah, I'd also agree with that. I mean, my my biggest beef with the film is is that uh, it, it's rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And that first twenty minutes with you know establishing those characters in that scene. It's, sorry, not just the scene, but the scenery itself. Everything seems very. Yeah, this is good enough. Let's just do it, you know. And I don't, I don't really like that. Um, the fact that uh, they're ripping off the in- Indiana Jones franchise and doing such a kind of a mediocre job of doing it, it just kind of smacks of. I like the stairs meh. falling out from under him. That was the one. That True. was the one little detail. And then he was in like the entire temple or whatever. You would collapse, and he was just in that completely empty room and i thought for a moment that that was something that they'd actually tried to achieve in the indiana jones movies and kind of failed on but but everything leading i mean there was a there was a moment there i know it's a bold statement (laughs) jeff is like doing double takes and well you know i don't know let's not you know let's not even let's not bring up the last indiana jones movie that didn't exist at all but you know they have this tendency to create practically like black holes and and i just you didn't like the last crusade yeah (laughs) nicely done um but but no the like there's the moment where when we when we first met him and he's taking the bricks away and then he you know takes the big stone and there's the there's the statue and uh and he's reaching in for it and i just picture you know like a monkey reaching into a jar for some candy because he can't lower his head enough to Re- and he's struggling against the wall, <laughs> going, I can't quite. Re-. It's like, well, maybe if you just lower, there you go. There you or go, Or maybe sport. take out a few more bricks. May, you know, I mean, <laughs> it just, well, he doesn't even need to do that. He just needs to lower his head. So we're going, yeah. okay. Yeah. So he's a thief, and he's not that bright. All right. So yeah. that's. But I just I just kept waiting for it in the bridge scene when the bridge broke. <sighs> for them to look down, and there's some alligators swimming. Right. <laughs> I kept well. I kept waiting so I for kept, something to I'm be like, upsetting them, 
about yeah. that water besides its you know pristineness and how close it was to them because yeah. Yeah. neither of those seem I can't swim and neither of those things seem very upsetting to me. <laughs> I, I thought that when they were first crossing it, it looked like they were they were filming in a zoo, like the the rocks and yeah, the, and the yeah. water. I was like that. There's probably you know otters on the other side of the camera. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, no, that's I, I, I did like the I, I did like the end portion where of the where they're actually discovering the egg. I I liked the, you know, once again there was the, there was the heavy handedness of the we're doing this we're destroying the world yeah, um, which was a bit much but I, I thought that the location was really quite pretty for that and when we got to that stark you know where we'd had all that landslide and and then discovered the egg i thought that was all really quite beautiful and if it had been a little less heavy-handed then you know that could have been a really nice scene for the movie but yeah you know which i had to kind of point out well, i didn't say it out loud but in my head i was thinking this wasn't really people that did this one this was nature but okay we can we can lay on the fact that you know we did this. People did this once again. Sure, why not? Yeah, I I think in general, I really, I think the movie really just picks up as soon as they find the egg, and things just things just start going better for the film. the The pace picks up a little bit. You don't need that uh, extremely long character development. And you start getting to the monsters, really. I mean, and that's yeah. that's what this this film sort of excels at is the monster action. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of it in in this film, I think. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not it's not all at the end. It's not all in the middle. It's sort of spread out after they find the egg. Sort of spread out throughout the rest of the movie. And what do you think of the um, the battle scenes, especially like the the climax scene between the three monsters? I really do like the battle scene, and um, I like the the new additions to Mothra's powers. Where, uh, like, she had in the previous films, she has had the pollen that comes out of her her wings. Um, but the fact that Batra, that when Godzilla fires his ray, it sort of bounces back at him, and then Batra can fire his beams into it, and it sort of ricochets onto Godzilla. I just thought that was really well done. I think there's some great shots in that final battle scene. Like not a lot of quick cuts or anything. There's some like, you know, shots that, and, and, and the creatures look really, really great. And some great, and like that whole shot, like the one prolonged shot of Mothra when she's doing that to Godzilla with her powers, um, it, it, you know, just against the night sky just looks really nice. And I like the old addition of the Ferris wheel just cause it's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. And you just knew that was going to come into play eventually. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, I mean, for being almost twenty years old, it's actually yeah. a pretty good, pretty well done film. Uh, yeah. So, do you guys have any other final thoughts or anything else you want to talk about regarding this film? I would just say one final thing that we should mention, um, just so I don't, I just want any of the listeners out there to to feel like alone in you know when Mothra has her birth scene on the, uh, you know, when she's on the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from the cocoon. From, from the, the cocoon, cocoon, yes. On the diet building, yes. Uh, on the diet building, um, you know, with her, with the sun setting in the background. Glitter everywhere, the, fireworks from within the cocoon. Like the awesome music that just resonates through your soul. You can't help but get teary-eyed, correct? <laughs> and it's okay. I'm just telling you people out there, if you get teary-eyed, I do. It's, so you're, it's you're, okay. You're it's not okay. alone. You it's can, a be- beautiful scene. You can come and hold Jeff's hand. One of the greatest in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. So I don't know if you should follow up on that, Heather. But I uh, don't yeah. really think I can. I can add anything to to that. <laughs> I don't know what else I'd add. So uh, how about we just hear what everybody else had to say? Danny notes that Godzilla vs. Mothra is one of his all-time favorite monster movies. Having very limited knowledge of the franchise, back when he bought the film, he thought it was Mothra vs. Godzilla, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. The Thing. However, he was surprised slash delighted to learn that this was an entirely new adventure. He has loved it ever since. The new versions of the Mothra songs in particular are very special to him. Seeing Akira Takarada again was beyond awesome, as was seeing Akiji Kobayashi 
Captain Muramatsu from Ultraman. Uh, a side note here, Danny, uh, Kobayashi was also in Gamera 2 and Ultraman Zeus in 1996. Uh, then he goes on to say, at the end of the day, Godzilla vs. Mothra is arguably one of the best films of the Heisei era, and not just in enjoyability. The film stands alone as the most financially successful Godzilla film of the time, beating the previous record holder, King Kong vs. Godzilla, in all but attendance, and a personal favorite for him. Oh, and a shout out to Jeff Dean, Mothra rocks. Ron just saw Godzilla vs. Mothra for the first time in years. The story was simple but good. You cared for the characters and cheered all three monsters. The effects are okay, but not perfect. The creature designs are cool. Batra is just awesome as the new monster. The only problem Ron has is when Batra lets out a roar, it sounds just like Rodan. Overall, Godzilla vs. Mothra is a gem of the series, a real joy to watch, and there's no doubt he'd show this to someone who never saw a Godzilla movie before. Sean first wants to say one thing about this film. Godzilla rising up from a volcano. How cool is that? He loves Godzilla vs. Mothra, as this film was his introduction to the coolest kaiju of the Heisei series, Batra. His one and only criticism of the film is that Godzilla is not at all pivotal to the story, which focuses mainly on the mythology of Mothra and Batra. He thinks could easily remove Godzilla from the plot and call the film Mothra vs. Batra, which by itself would still be a great film. One of his biggest praises for the film is the union of Mr. Takarada, who has been in more Mothra films than anyone, and Captain Mura from the 1966 Ultraman series, who adds a nice touch of comic relief here and there. One thing he has always wondered, does Batra reproduce? We all know Mothra reproduces. The cave paintings depict an Imago Batra, but then he appears in modern times in larval form, and we are given no real indication that there is more than one Batra. If Batra is as generational as Mothra, then he'd like to have seen him in more subsequent films. John says Godzilla vs. Mothra was hit and miss for him, like most of the Heisei series, but he always felt that the Heisei series gave him what he likes to see in a Toho monster film, a very powerful and angry Godzilla. When the movie wasn't stealing scenes from Indiana Jones, which seemed dated at the time, it was stealing from other Toho movies. Even Batra had Rodan's voice. But he can overlook all of that because both Godzilla and Batra are awesome. The fight at the bottom of the sea during the volcanic eruption was a scene John always liked and proves how indestructible the two titans are. He also enjoyed the backstory between Batra and Mothra and how they have similar goals and very different views on humanity. Tom notes that there are two great things about this movie. First and foremost is that the larval form of Batra is awesome. Second is Godzilla's role in this movie is practically unnecessary, and yet there he is. The scenes with Godzilla feel as though he is barging his way onto the set and forcing Toho to have him be in the movie, almost as if he is declaring that Toho ain't making no Daikaiju movie without me. Robert thinks that Godzilla vs. Mothra is one of the more strange entries in the Godzilla series. It derives its inspiration from the original Mothra vs. Godzilla in several Indiana Jones movies. Yet the main character is a jerk and much less likable than Ford's Indiana Jones or Takarada's Ichiro. The most sympathetic character is Kenji Ando and his development is certainly the most interesting part of the human story. When the movie reaches for more original and creative ideas, like Batra, it elevates the film beyond just being another remake, but not enough for it to be truly excellent. Robert says that Toho's next movie in the series, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, is able to attain the excellence that Godzilla vs. Mothra could not. James thinks this movie was great. It had been a while since he'd seen anything from the Heisei era. The overall story was good for a Godzilla movie. Then again, he's not picky when it comes to his stories in Godzilla movies. The kaiju suit and puppet designs were really good, and he liked how the Godzilla suit had two rows of teeth like a shark. The Mothra in this movie looked incredibly fluffy, which made her even cuter. The design behind Batra was awesome, and he loved. Uh, he did love him in the comics, but seeing him in this full live-action film was glorious. He also liked the detail in the legs and the face, how they were all spiky, much like what a cockroach's legs look like. He also noticed that when Batra's larval form attacked Godzilla, he noticed how large it was compared to the twin sister. He also noticed that it wasn't like the Mothra larva puppet 
It looked like a guy standing upright in a suit while the rest of the torso dragged behind him. The monster action was good and plentiful. To summarize, he felt that this was a good film. He wants to see more Batra. If he were to come back in a movie, he'd like to see him come back uh, not as a villain slash anti-hero, but perhaps a full-fledged hero. Perhaps an incarnation of Earth's wrath while Mothra is Earth's love. Then again, Batra was already Earth's wrath. Jim hasn't seen all of the Heisei period Godzilla movies yet, but so far he likes this one best. The plot is pretty basic, but it serves its purpose of bringing three kaiju together in Tokyo to smash buildings and each other. He really likes the design of Batra. The monster fights in this film are great. He thought the special effects for the monsters were very well done. The Fukube score was also very well done. One question though, when did Mothra get the ability to fire lasers? Is this just a Heisei thing? He doesn't remember her doing that in earlier or later films. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's just a Heisei thing. Although I'm, I want to say that Mothra fires lasers in the, in the 90s trilogy as well. Bill thinks there's not much to say about this one. He's never been able to stay awake during the many times he's tried to watch this. And that includes when Bill tried to watch it just again yesterday. This is one of the few films of the series where he can't get engaged into either the human characters or the kaiju action. There are some nice effect sequences here. The underwater battle between Godzilla and Batra is pretty well done, as is the final battle. But on the whole, this film for Bill remains in the bottom five of the series. If he can't stay awake, that's a problem. And just one more thing. Mothra is a giant moth. Godzilla is a giant radioactive, fire-breathing dragon. The fight between the two should take no longer than a fight between Bambi and Godzilla. Because Mothra is just a f***ing moth. Sorry about that. Not a big Mothra fan here. Scott remarks that Godzilla vs. Mothra was a fairly entertaining entry in the Heisei series, but there was a certain amount of ridiculousness afoot as well. He doesn't mind there being a little humor in these movies, but he had the feeling that the Heisei series was trying to be more serious in tone. All that aside, he thought the monster action was good. Godzilla's appearance whereas it doesn't have as dramatic as an entrance as he usually does, was fairly well done. The scene where they are towing Mothra's egg to Japan brought to mind the same scene from King Kong vs. Godzilla where they had Kong towed on the raft. Batra is an awesome kaiju, both in larval and imago form. He truly looks sinister. The only two problems Scott had really with this movie when was when the larval Batra is rampaging through the city. He should be more like gliding along like the kaiju caterpillar he is uh, than the side-to-side lumbering like a bipedal monster would. This was also accompanied by the sound of giant footsteps that you wouldn't hear with this sort of many-legged monster. The second problem was with the monster flight. He agrees with Martin, uh, who we've heard say this before, these movies always suffer from non-realistic monster flights, and uh, it pulls him out of the zone for a second when he sees it. All in all, it was a good movie, nevertheless. So that is it. Thank you guys all for submitting your homework for this month's Daikaiju discussion. Next month, we will be watching another Heisei film, my favorite of the era, the 1995 Godzilla vs. Destroyer. Jeff, you're familiar with this film. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to it. It is a classic. So basically, uh, next month, we've got a couple of really big things (laughs) happening in addition to... uh, to Godzilla vs. Destroya, it's Christmas, and that's a big deal to many people. Hmm. Uh, let's just say you have to get your you have to get your homework done before Christmas. It's like a little Christmas present for us. Yes, yes, and feel free to just you know submit a few sentences. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a giant tome. Obviously, those of you who listen to the show and have submitted very long Daikaiju discussions, I do read those. But uh, I can't read them all on the air because that would take too long. Um, I, I imagine next month's Daikaiju, we will probably get a fair amount of submissions. I would think, unless people are too busy oh, yeah. with the holidays. But I would think we'd get a lot. Oh, yeah. For Godzilla vs. Destroya, I mean, the tagline for this movie was Godzilla dies. So Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers, lol. But, uh, you know, basically, I definitely want to we definitely want to hear what you have to say about this film. So make sure you submit your questions thoughts and reviews before christmas which is december 25th for those of you who don't celebrate it <laughs> uh, for those of you who celebrate godzilla every day 
and don't pay attention to the other the other holidays. Exactly. So I think uh, we're going to go ahead and just move into the news. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. You know, there's not a lot of news going on uh, out there as, as so far as uh, Godzilla stuff goes, as I trip over my words here. Uh, there are a couple of noteworthy things. First and foremost, I did want to say that um, on Sci-Fi Japan, they have two really cool articles. One is like an interview with Stuart Galbraith, the uh, fourth which is all about Godzilla versus Megalon. You should definitely go check that out, especially if you're looking forward to the Blu-ray release coming out from uh, Media Blasters any day now, I think. I think that actually the release date has been pushed back into December now. Perfect Christmas present, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect gift for that kaiju lover in your family. Uh, they also have an article about the Criterion, the upcoming Criterion Gojira coming out. Jeff, you're going to pick that up, right? Oh, most definitely. I have January 24th marked on my calendar. Booyah. And uh, then there was also this other little tidbit that came through the newswire about uh, a classic video game being made into a movie. Heather, you have a little something for us on that? Yes. um, I'm sure we all remember the beloved game of Rampage, which is you've got yourself basically giant lizard, giant werewolf, giant ape who uh destroy buildings you punch sideways yes (laughs) (laughs) like we all do and uh and and this is apparently being uh picked up from new line cinema for uh development on uh on the big screen so look look for look for that with i'm sure some heartfelt background stories on uh (laughs) on george ralph and lizzie (laughs) you know i have to say like in general i'm not i'm not really thrilled when i hear about a video game property from the 80s being turned into a movie but i would like to see this movie i don't suppose it has anything to do with the fact that it will include giant monsters oh don't get me wrong it has everything to do with the fact (laughs) that there will be giant monsters in the movie (laughs) Especially a giant werewolf, which which would be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, and then there's the King Kong aspect. That's right. Right. But most importantly, the Lizzie. 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 Gotta love Lizzie. I hope they keep that sideways punch. I forgot about the. I forgot that it was sideways punch. Thank you. I could, I could picture a punching motion, but I wasn't getting the sideways swing. That's there, why I so. suck at that game. Uh-huh. Uh, also, you know, this is just sort of side note, and I guess somewhat uh, topical. You know, the Godzilla ornament from, uh, what's the name of that company again, Heather? Oh, it's um, Heirloom. Yeah. Yeah. They they're, they do a Godzilla ornament every year. I have an entire shelf of them up there. Many of them, thanks to Miss Heather, Heather Braskare. Yes. It's Carlton Cards Heirloom oh, yeah, Collection yeah. is what it is. Anyway, this year's, uh, this year's ornament is really cool. It's like Godzilla... Is he holding a ship or a lighthouse? I can't remember. I believe I believe it's a lighthouse. Anyway, it looks really awesome. It's out right now. Uh, now's the perfect time for you to pick one of those up because it's before Christmas. Yeah, and I, I actually tried to get this last weekend, and um, it was all sold out. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. They had, like, the display model. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's but- where you rip the display model down off the... Oh, you want it in the box want it in the box i'm right? sorry i'm not going to take it out of the box but i don't want one with everyone's greasy hands all over it you know? yeah. <laughs> i want a fresh one all those godzilla liquors out there yeah you know, and it was gone you, so. oh you know what funny story heather because mm-hmm. my parents are coming to portland for christmas this year yes i'm gonna get a christmas tree and i need that is funny decorate ha, ha, ha. <laughs> i need decorations for you have that. them all and on so that shelf right there i'm gonna put all of those godzilla ornaments on my christmas tree this year I have a small tree, and I have lots of little small ornaments. I've got lots of tiny Star Wars and various uh, various wee nerdy nerdy yeah, ornaments. I think my my Christmas tree is going to have like seven ornaments on it in total. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of a shame they have yet to make a Mothra ornament. Correct? Oh, it'd I mean, be it so could hang pretty. From there, oh, it could be glass. I say make your own. Yeah, with Jeff glitter. Dean. Jeff Dean galore. hosts. DIY Mothra ornaments. You know, I might know a guy. Mothra ornament party. 
Yes, exactly. Oh, I might boy. know. I, I might know a guy. I I know a really talented uh, glass worker, who uh, who who might actually he makes marbles and. I and thought you were going to say that you knew someone who like various things, but preserves stuffed uh, animals and and uh, taxidermy and maybe could do a moth. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, although I suppose moth. the 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 quickest the quickest solution here would just be to dip a moth in some sort of resin and give that to Jeff. So Resin, we can paint it. Put a little glitter. Always on glitter. It. The, Ko- <laughs> the Koichi Kawakita special. Uh, let's move on to some local events, shall we? So, on local events, we have December 2nd, a local band named the Double Clicks, a nerdy group of gals. Uh, I believe they're sisters, are going to be performing at the Waypoint at 7 30. And I actually have something to play from the Double Clicks at the end of the show. Uh, the same night, December 2nd, Court and Fat Boys live show, the second one they've done. This is at the Baghdad Theater. It's called What Could Possibly Go Wrong? And they're going to have uh, all their normal guests on the stage doing their live show, which will be followed by a screening of the documentary that some someone did of them, and then also followed by uh, Black Star Warrior, which is a very awesome like Star Wars fan film. And then after Black Star Warrior, they cap off the entire night with the midnight movie, Die Hard. Woo! Woo! So that's at the Baghdad Theater on December 2nd. Uh, Additionally, on the 13th and the 27th of December, we have Portland's very own Geek Trivia at the McMinimins Kennedy School. Another local event coming up. Last year, we went to the Portland Geek Council of Commerce and Culture's uh, holiday party. This is the group that I am a part of as the Kaiju cast, and uh, it was a lot of fun. This was held at the Someday Lounge last year, and I think, again, it's going to be at the Someday Lounge. Basically, that's going to be December 16th. Check the link in the show notes if you want to head out to that, especially if you're a local person. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's totally tailored to geeks. And last but not least, on the 18th of December... One of the PGC3 members named Cacophonous Creations will be having an introduction to e-textiles workshop called Sew a Glowing Ornament. That will be held on the 18th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I'll have a link on the show notes to that event. I also wanted to plug another uh, little thing here. Bob Eggleton and Matt Frank two artists well-known within the kaiju universe of fandom or the kaiju fandom i should say uh they have recently been featured on the toho kingdom podcast and if you want to check that out make sure you follow the link in the show notes to the toho kingdom website and their podcast section and check out what they have to say about working on godzilla legends and being artists and uh awesome and all that good stuff Listener Robert Wright Stasco also wanted me to uh, plug his podcast that he's on. He's got a show called Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast. It can be found at ctgpodcast.com. And in the next episode, uh, going online December 2nd, they are going to, he and his co-host Mike, will be reviewing Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All at Attack, and examining the spiritual elements in that movie, as well as the new Kevin Smith film, Red State. So make sure you go check that out. I know I'm going to do that. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Okay, massive announcement, you guys. And this is going to be something that gets spread throughout all the social networking sites that we're a part of as well. We are doing our live broadcast on December 10th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Saturday, December 10th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. If it's 2 p.m. Pacific Time... That means it's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Just had to do the math, didn't you? I just had to remember what time it would be when my parents <laughs> want to tune in. Because I'm right. sure they're going to listen because it's uh, going to be so fabulous. That's right. You might be asking yourself, a live show, why would I want to listen to a live show? Well, That's an excellent question, funny person thing. listening to this show. We have lots of stuff to give away. Uh, things Plus, we're from hilarious. another world. Yeah. <laughs> We have a dynamic here. It's Je- true. Jeff is like holding back for some no, reason. He doesn't want to talk. No, I will. I will say. No, I, I'm just waiting my turn. I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. 
So we have some uh, awesome stuff to give away. It's uh, we have things from another world has donated some Godzilla uh, trades, basically. Somewhat goodies. Goodies, yes. I said goodies. Godzilla goodies. Uh, Sounded catchy. They, I think it's called Age of Monsters, and they've do- uh, donated a few of those. And the Adam from the Monster Project has donated four CDs for us to give away. Uh, I will have something I think to give away as well. And according to my contact at IDW Publishing, we're going to get some stuff from them too. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And the way we're going to do uh, most of our giveaways is we have a chat room installed on the KaijuCast website. And um, you'll be able to log into that and um, answer some trivia questions, maybe do some first response kind of stuff. And uh, the other reason you should tune in is because this is basically sort of a celebration of the listeners. This is like basically having a listener party online. Exactly. It's Ooh, all that for makes you. It sound a lot lamer than it should be. It'll be a lot of fun, you guys. <laughs> trust me. Yeah, I think you're not going to want to miss it because, and plus, there's free stuff. Free stuff. You don't have to pay anything. You just have to show up. Byob though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to do the same. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's the live show that is happening Saturday, December 10th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you show up for that. Bring all your friends. I should create like a Facebook. Yeah, event for that too. absolutely yeah. and uh let the listeners know that they can spread the word as well yeah please do spread the word because i want as many people to listen to this as possible um i've got everything set up oh yeah and old town computers a local company here is going to be donating a uh, laptop to us so that we can actually use it to stream the information straight out to the internet cool it's all very futuristic and we live magical. in the future Yes. And I'm going to go downtown tomorrow and pick up my jetpack and flying car, and it should be a lot of fun. And none of those will be prizes. No way. No. Those are for us. I mean, for Kyle. For Kyle. Those are for <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. That's all we got. So I'm going to close out the show by saying thank you to everybody once again for submitting your homework. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Heather for hanging out with me here tonight and watching Godzilla vs. Mothra. Don't forget to turn in your homework before Christmas for Godzilla vs. Destroya. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm just going to say my normal spiel. If you found the Kaiju cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to experience all there is to experience with being a KaijuCast fan, point that web browser to kaijucast.com where you can check out uh, check out every single episode we've done, every single article we've written, the full list of Daikaiju discussions, uh, I would say you can vote in a poll, but I took that down. Maybe we'll have some more uh, poll suggestions during our chat session. Uh, eventually, there will be you know, the chat room online, too. Every once in a while, I'll fire that up. And while you're there, make sure you t- click the links on the side of the page for the Facebook and the Twitter pages. If you're on both of those, you will definitely want to follow us. A lot of discussion happens on the Facebook page in between episodes. So I'm going to close out the show with a song from uh, the local group I was talking about earlier named The Double Clicks. Uh, This is a group made up of two sisters. I've never seen them live, but one plays the guitar and I think sometimes the ukulele. The other one plays the cello and uh, they harmonize and they're a nice local nerdy group and um, they just recently opened up for Will Wheaton versus Paul and Storm at the Aladdin Theater. So kudos to them. And uh, this is a song called Godzilla. So until next month, make sure you tune in live for your chance to be uh, have your voice heard and for your chance to win cool stuff. Until that time, Jamata.
wrong.